consciousness and I pulled out the tube. And uh, the nurse who was uh, looking after me, he saw that I was uh, kind of breathing on my own, able to take the breath on my own. So then uh, the doctors and all, they decided, okay, not to reinsert the tube and to just keep me on the CPAP machine. Well, two days later, the nasal uh, feeding tube, I pulled that out too. And uh, it was nice that uh, I could eat again, you know, like they allowed me to go ahead and have my food. And when I was able to eat on my own, they decided to shift me off to a private ward. I was there in the private ward for about six hours. And uh, I again over there, I lost my uh, saturation levels just fell. And of course, it was uh, my conscious was just in and out. I was never properly conscious. I couldn't remember anything proper. And uh, again, I was rushed back from the ward back to the critical care ward. And uh, during this time, during all of this phase, there was this clear, very, very clear voice that was just saying this over and over again. It, it kept on repeating uh, John 1, 1, where it says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. This was the thing that just kept on to crystal clear as to like, I didn't remember my wife. I did not remember my children. I did not even remember who I was or where I was or what I was. But this voice was so clear and it just kept on repeating. By the 18th of uh, July, I was able to kind of understand and to figure out that I am in a hospital kind of a situation. Uh, my wife, uh, she visited me and I was able to kind of uh, recognize her and I just said, like, I want to go home. But then uh, the doctors, uh, they decided to hold me back in the critical ward because my heart rate wouldn't settle down. On uh, the 24th of uh, July, uh, I was okay to be transferred off to the ward. So I was transferred off to the ward. And on the 27th, I walked out of the hospital. I just didn't want to wait for any wheelchair or anything. I just wanted to go home. And uh, throughout, this, throughout this time, it was like a new birth to me. Prayers have been answered. Prayers were said all over. And to have my memory come back, to remember to see the people who I love and cherish so much, to see my children, it is a birth that I've had. And this birth is because of our Lord calling us personally by our names. Amen. You know, he has called everyone. Everyone he has called us. But there are a very few who respond to his calling. And I'm so happy that this Sabbath I can be with people and share this thing that God has called us, we have responded. It's so happy to be with our fellow believers, our brothers and sisters all over the world. No matter wherever we may be, we should always keep this have willingness to share the word with others. Not only that, but also 
whenever we have time to spend our time diligently and study the word because these are the times where we have no one but we can just go ahead and pick up our bible read it and study it diligently this is what i have to say i have to share with all of you thank you very much for giving me an opportunity to share this incident that took place in my life thank you uh, amen i would say hallelujah praise ye the lord and as the word says i will bless the lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth and may the song be sung all the days of your life joy we are so pleased and we are so happy that we can see you as a living testimony and god has indeed even given us a privilege to see the ones whom we have been praying for we will now uh, listen to a clip uh, we'll which will be shown to us through the grace notes and it's entitled as counting from the grace notes we've been counting something all our lives when someone asked how old we were we held up three stubby fingers twi we said it was our number the one identified with us soon it was bench presses at the gym or how long we could hold our breath under water or likes on facebook numbers have always been the way we knew just who we were how valuable we were older than last year in better shape than we used to be more popular than we were in junior high but heaven doesn't specialize in the math that makes us glad about ourselves for being right with god is never about the numbers so long as we believe that we could have the numbers to save ourselves jesus has the grace to let us play at counting we trumpet gains i made 10000 in the market we minimize our losses i still have enough hair that i can't actually be considered going bald We flatteringly compare ourselves to what we were or to what our peers still are. I'm not as bad as you know who. We do percentages, all unaware of just how dull our wits and pencils are. And then when at last the scales drop from our eyes, we weigh the great immensity of Jesus. His great delight is never in fractions or percentages, so much up or so much down. He specializes in whole numbers, whole you and whole me. Grace doesn't make for top-notch statisticians. When you read the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, you quickly learn that those who are one day saved by grace are part of a crowd so big that no one can number it. Jesus knows that what will bless us most is finally being lost and found. in that vast uncountable crowd so stay in grace thank you for that beautiful clip uh, we'll now move forward to listening to a song from Ethan Hembrom a song by Ethan Hembrom mm.
Thank you, Ethan, for that beautiful song. It was indeed a, a beautiful song and blessed. We thank God for the beautiful talent of singing it along with your brother. May God be praised in all this. Uh, now we will be, I'll be introducing to you the speaker of the year. It's none other, it's none other than Elder Satyaraj Paul, who is our first elder at Chumsford Adventist Church. He's also a practicing ophthalmologist. He's a very talented speaker. Um, what else can I say about him? He loves the Lord and he loves little children. He, he has a passion for music and uh, God has blessed him with the wealth of things. And I'm, I'm sure the Lord is going to use him mightily to bring the bread of life before his people. I now invite Elder Paul to speak to us. Glory, glory be to the Lord for this uh, blessed uh, Sabbath day that he has given to each one of us that we can come here and uh, worship him and fellowship with him. I want to thank the Lord for the beautiful things that has been done here today, especially for the beautiful songs uh, that has been uh, displayed and sung and for this wonderful testimony. You know, I was really touched. And I'm, and uh, and uh, it's. I don't think it is a coincidence that I have changed my topic this evening, and uh, I was not aware that Brother Joy is going to give a, a testimony. And uh, you know, I've never heard his testimony. This is the first time I'm hearing it, and it goes very well with what I uh, intended to speak as well. So I'm I'm sure that the Spirit of the Lord uh, is working and moving amidst us. I really want to thank. Uh, uh, the Lord for this privilege and uh, thank you uh, Sister Stella for inviting me and asking me to uh, preach here today and thank you Sister uh, um, Ellen for those kind words. May God uh, be with us as we worship him now and as we study God's word. Before we read God's word, shall we pray? O God, our Heavenly Father, Lord of Sabbath, Lord of us all, Thank you, Lord, for this privilege that you have given to us, that we could come and we could, we could open your holy scriptures and study. Bless us as we spend a few moments, and I pray that you will lead us into all the truth, because the truth will set us free. Thank you, Lord, for this uh, word. Thank you for your spirit. I pray that you will hide my face, Lord, and may your spirit speak in and through me for the sake so that Lord for your sake so that we will be blessed in Jesus name we pray amen without much uh, because of lack of time I will just straight away get into the subject let's all open our Bibles to Psalm chapter 91 and verse 15 Psalm chapter 91 and verse 15 and it reads he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. You know, when uh, Brother Joy was telling the testimony, I was uh, thinking how apt that uh, I have chosen to speak on this subject. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Tonight, I'm entitled... The, the topic, 
as he delivers and sets you free. The title tonight is he delivers and sets you free. That is a promise that we have read just now from the book of Psalm. And, uh, you know, we all get into mess. We all get into problems. We all get into difficulties. We all get into uh, issues. We all get into ill health time and again, now and then. And yet, God says, I will be with you in trouble in your issues, in your problems, in your difficulties, in your ill health, in your pain, in your distress, in your sorrows. And he says, and I will deliver you. Now tonight, you know, there are, the Bible says an umpteen number of things that God can deliver because we have, we have hundreds and thousands of issues and problems and difficulties that we face. And the Bible says for each and every one of our problems and difficulties, God is willing to deliver. And he, you know, the, the Bible is replete with examples where for each and every conceivable problem, there has been solution, there has been deliverance in God's word. But tonight, for want of time, I'm confined myself, confined myself, and I'm going to speak to you from the Holy Scriptures. Three things that God delivers. Number one, let's all open our Bibles to Hebrews chapter Hebrews chapter two and verse fifteen. Hebrews chapter two and verse fifteen. I'm going to because as I said, I'm going to preach from the God's word, and I'm just going to quote the scriptures, or I'm going to suggest the scriptures. Please quickly read it so that we can finish fast. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 15, and it's under briefs. And delivered them who, through fear of death, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And the, and, the, and the text here says, God will deliver them from or through the fear of death. You know, we, 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 we have a lot of fears. But today, I'm just specifically, I'm going to confine this topic that God delivers from the fear. There are a lot of fears that God can deliver you. But specifically, I want to say, I want to speak to somebody who is listening here, that God can deliver you from the fear of death. Now, Brother Joy was, in, uh, was telling that interesting uh, incident I won't say interesting, but you know, it's, it's a very difficult incident that when he went there, everything was fuzzy. He began to lose memory. And he, in fact, he was telling the story. In fact, we prayed, we know the testimony, how he pulled the tube out when in the ICU. You know, you know, when you go through those motions, when, you know, unless you go through that kind of an experience, I, you know, we will not be able to experience or say, but sometimes we go through this fear of death. Now, when I was looking at the Bible, you know, the fear of death is not a concept that is very new. In fact, fear to cause death. You know, when Cain killed Abel, he did not have the fear to cause death. And yet when, when God confronted Abel, I mean, Cain regarding his brother and regarding the life that has been 
yeast out of his body, when he confronted Cain, what, what did Cain say? Cain, it took a while for Cain to admit that he killed because he did not have the fear that he killed his brother. But at the same time, when God pronounced a curse upon him, you, you can read that in Genesis chapter 4, I think in verse 14, the way you see, he is, he is fearing, oh Lord, in that case, if I have to leave from your presence, whoever finds me will slay me, will kill me. Whilst he did not have the fear to kill his brother, but he was afraid, he was fearful that somebody would cause him to die. He had the fear of death. If you go down the pages of scriptures, if you read in, in Genesis chapter 12, God told um, uh, Abraham that he needs to go. And he says, whomever you will bless, I will bless. Whomever you will curse, I will curse them. And he told him to get out of his place. And he moves out with fear. I mean, with the faith. But when he moves out, if you just go down, just a few verses down, in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 12, when he came uh, to Egypt, he says, I'll read it here. Therefore it came to pass when Egyptians shall see thee, they shall say, this is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will save thee alive. You know, Abraham, he had, he had the faith and the courage and the conviction to leave his place and to go. But when he went there, he was gripped with this fear of death, because he thought for the sake of his beautiful wife, they might kill him. And he had this fear of death. And because of that, he even told his wife, could you please take a life? You know, what a father does, the son will do it. You know, that is, we can see that in the Bible. Not only Abraham had that fear of death. If you, if you read uh, Genesis chapter 26 and verse 7, you see there, it is his son Isaac. And here again he says, And the men of place asked him of his wife, and he said, She is my fear, sister. And he feared to say that it is his wife, because lest that men of that place should kill him for Rebekah. Here you see again, Isaac had the fear of death. And as I told you, what the father fears. You know, he can pass that fear to his children. Isaac, Abraham passed that fear to his son, Isaac. And Isaac, he feared for death. And you see again in Genesis chapter 28 and verse 10, the mother, mother of uh, uh, or the wife of Isaac fears for the life of his son, Jacob, because he had taken the blessings. And, and that's the reason he says, he uh, is asking him to go out. I mean, you can read the previous and the last next verses. And he says, he told him, and Jacob went out of that place. Why? Because he was fearful of death. He was fearful of death. You know, I'll just quote a few examples and then I will, and I'm going to con conclude this my first point. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 14. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 14. You read here in Exodus chapter 2 and verse 14. And he said, Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killst the Egyptian? 
And Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. Here you see, Moses was very, he was not fearful to kill that Egyptian. But when it came, when, when they came to know, when it was, uh, when he came to realize that this is not a secret anymore, and it might even reach the Pharaoh, he feared for his life, and he ran away from the palace to the wilderness. Moses again had this fear of death. So when you have a fear of death, don't worry, because even the patriarchs had those kind of a fear of death. In fact, if you read in, J in uh, Esther chapter 4 and verse 3, I mean, from verse 1 onwards, I mean, verse 3, when they heard that there is a death decree that has been proclaimed by the king and it has been sealed with the king's signet, they were feared, they were filled with fear. They feared that they would die. They had this fear of death. What about the disciple, Peter? What about Peter? God told him, I have prayed for you that Satan has decided to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. He said, and he said, Lord, I don't care about anything. Even if I have to die, I will die. But what happened? When he was going, in fact, he was not even going near Jesus, close by Jesus Christ. He was far off, the Bible says. And there, one of his lady saw him and said, where you your speech sounds like a Galilean. Were you not also with this man, Jesus? And he feared for his life. And that's the reason he swore and he said, I do not know you. He had that fear of death. Acts chapter 12 and verse 6. Acts chapter 12 and verse 6. This same Peter who had the fear of death, just like anybody any of the patriarchs in the, in, in the past, he feared for death. But you, you see, my dear brothers and sisters, God says, I will be with you and I will deliver you. Till then, till Jesus Christ's death, Peter could never believe that promise. But after the, after the, uh, after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is a transformation in the life of Peter. You see what is happening here in, in Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, if you read the beginning, Herod had placed, Herod had just killed James. And um, in verse 2, you will see that he had just killed James and he had put Peter in prison so that after Easter, he would kill him. And just imagine... If somebody were to tell tomorrow or in a few days from now, you will be killed. Will you be able to sleep? If you come to know that you are going to die in a couple of days' time, will you be able to uh, sleep? In fact, we will lose sleep. We will have insomnia. But Peter, who feared for his life, you see what is the transformation that has happened because uh, in verse 6 it says, and when Herod would have brought him forth the same night. Peter, you know, Herod did not trust that, uh, you know, uh, these uh, men would be safe here because he wanted to make sure that he does not escape. So he had fastened his hands and his feet and also that was even tied to those uh, soldiers who were sleeping next to him. And it says here, 
Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with chains, knowing fully well he is going to die. See this man, how peacefully he is sleeping. And the, with bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison. So he was bound in the prison. He was fastened with stocks and chains and he was about to be killed. And here this man is sleeping peacefully. Where was this fear of death that he had in the time past? What happened to that? Simply because the transformation is he believed after the resurrection of Jesus Christ that when Jesus is going to be with him because he says, I am with you always. And he says, I will be with you and I will deliver you from this fear of death. And that's the reason he did not fear for death. He was sleeping very, very peacefully. Because, why? It says here that the angel came and smote him. What is smote? He gave him a, a good thump on him because he was so deep in deep sleep that he would not wake up with just a small whisper or a shout or just a touch or a tap. He smote him. And he woke up and the Bible goes on to say, and in verse 11, after they came out, that's when Peter came to himself. In other words, still as he was walking through the gates that were opening and as he, as the chains fell off, it was like a dream for him. This, the reason why he was in, in such a trance and such deep sleep, because he was at peace with himself. Because the fear of death was removed from him. And that's the reason the psalmist could say very beautifully, Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will not fear of death because thou art with me. The reason why we do not have to fear of death is because God is there with us. If God could remove the fear of death from Peter, he can remove and deliver you from the fear of death. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5 and 6, verse 5, it says, he says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know, I don't want to read the second half. I want to even read the first part of it as well. When, when God is there with us, we don't need to fear of death. But it says, when will the Lord never leave you and forsake you? There is a condition here. There is a condition here. It says, let your conversation be without covetousness. And what is this? And be content with such things as you have. You know, when your life is without covetousness, that means you do not covet for things. And when you're content, contentment with godliness is great gain. When you're content with godliness and when your life is without covetousness, that means you do not covet things, covet others' things, others' possessions, that's when God is going to be with you. And when God is going to be with you, you, he will deliver you from this fear of death. 
So when God delivers you from the fear of death, he gives you the joy of living. Brother Joy Guria, you are a living testament to this Bible verse. He delivered you from this fear of death and he has given you the joy of living. And that is the reason you came here tonight to tell the joy of living is to you know read the Bible, is to pray and to give your life to him. Thank you for that beautiful testimony and the admonition that you gave us. God will never leave you, nor forsake you, if you do not covet, if you are content with yourself. I mean, with, with, with the things that God has blessed you with, then he will never leave you. And when he never leaves you and he is with you, he will deliver you from this fear of death. Secondly, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Is it going to come on the screen? Okay. Okay, I, I, I'm just going to read verse 12 also. You can go home and go home and read later, but I'm going to read only verse 13. Who hath delivered us from the power of, power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, Number one, I said God delivers you from the fear of death to joy of living. Number two, God deliver us, delivers us from the power of darkness to the, to the light. From darkness, he delivers to light. Acts chapter 26 and verse 18. Acts chapter 26 and verse 18. It reads... Acts chapter 26 and verse 18, it reads. If you read verse 17, uh, well, don't, uh, don't put it there. If you read the verse 17, it says, it, it says, delivering, delivering. And then goes on to say, from darkness to light. If you read verse 17, it says, delivering. God delivered uh, Paul. And he says, and uh, he... And the reason why he delivered is to deliver people from darkness to light. God's intention, when he says, I will be with you and I will deliver you, he says, because he delivers you from darkness to light. Now, darkness in the Bible has several meanings. But tonight, I just want to say one particular meaning to this darkness. First John chapter 2, First John chapter 2 and verse 9. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. What is darkness? Bible uh, denotes several things as darkness. But one thing I just want to take for, for our subject tonight is darkness is when you hate your brother. When you hate your brother, you are in darkness. God says, I will be with you and I will deliver you from this darkness. This darkness where you hate your brother. Hating the brother is in darkness. If you read the further few verses, he says, you know, when you say you are in the light and if you hate your brother, you're still in darkness. Now, when I was in year eight at Lowry, I still remember an incident you know, there was a friend, uh, a very close friend of us, 
my mother had bought new clothes for us she came uh, to and visit us to visit us in the hostel she came and bought this new clothes for us and she went away and we were waiting to wear those new clothes for a for a for an occasion suddenly when we came back from school to a dis surprise we found those new clothes were missing and we were suspecting somebody would have taken and we knew that one of our uh, friends has uh, stolen those clothes both mine and my brothers and we 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 were even though we, he was our friend as a as a boy as as a high school boy i began to hate that boy even though i did not show it outward but in my heart i used i hated him because he has stolen something that was very precious because my mother brought that thing and it was so precious uh, to me and my brother i hated him but unfortunately all my thoughts was wrong you know the person whom i suspected and hated was not the person who stole it because after a few months another friend whom we trusted and whom we loved more now that we started to hate somebody we started to love another person another friend of mine more you know we got closer to him more his brother came one day to visit him one friday evening before sabbath and when i saw the clothes that boy was wearing what a foolish thing you know he's stolen from us and he's wearing the clothes to come and visit his brother and when i saw those clothes and you know we got we you know to cut the story short we went and caught that fellow and said these are all our clothes remove the clothes we told him and uh, you know they were so embarrassed and this man this boy who was our friend was so embarrassed you know i just i just want to make a point i was living in darkness for six sorry three or four months because i was hating somebody who did not commit the error and i suspected somebody else has made that mistake how often sometimes you know we suspect somebody of doing something whereas the real the perpetrator of the crime is somebody else and we began we begin to hate that person and when we do that the bible says you hate your brother i just want to uh, draw your attention to one of the examples in the bible first samuel chapter 20 first samuel chapter 20 and uh, i just want to read one uh, uh, one verse in fact there are several um, verses you can see i'll read verse 30 first samuel chapter 20 and verse 30 then saul's anger was kindled against jonathan and he said unto him thou son of perverse rebellious woman do not i know that thou hast chosen the son of jesse to thine own confusion and to the confusion of thy mother's nakedness as you all are aware that saul's son jonathan's friend was david he loved him as his own life and this for this cause because saul thought he 
David is going to take this kingdom, take over as a king, and this kingdom from his family would be lost, or the kingship from his family would be lost. And because of that, he developed a severe hatred towards David. And because, because Jonathan loved his friend David, you read that in, in, in verse 33, and Saul cast a javelin at him. Because when, 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 when Jonathan told him, what did, mistake did David do? Because he said that, he's, he, was, he was so much, so much, uh, he had so much hatred towards his uh, um, um, David that he did not even mind killing his own son, Jonathan, because he threw a javelin at him, just as he threw the javelin at David when he was playing the harp. But my dear brothers and sisters, see the response. And Saul, as long as he had that hatred, just like how I misunderstood that this person is an enemy, but the, the real fact was he was not. Somebody else was. And here you see Saul, he thought David also would hate him like that. But if you read 1 Samuel chapter 24, First Samuel, chapter 24, and verse 17. Just a, just a brief uh, introduction to the, uh, that incident today. Saul was in the cave. And when he was resting there for a while, David came and cut the edge of his shawl. And he took it away. And he felt very guilty that he touched the clothes of an anointed one. But as he was there, as, he, as Saul came out after, a, he, after a, a resting for a while, David says, God delivered you into my hand, but I will never raise my hand against the anointed. And he says, and he says, I... I will never do this. And in verse 16 or 17, it says, and he said to David, thou art more righteous than I, for thou hast rewarded me evil, whereas I have rewarded thee evil. For every hatred towards him, David gave him that love. Saul was in darkness because he was hating his brother. But my dear brothers and sisters, what was the reciprocation of David towards the one who hated him? He loved him. And that's the reason he could say, you are more righteous than me. You are more better than me. You are more good than I am. And after that, he, he stopped pursuing Saul. I mean, uh, David, the Bible says... My dear brothers and sisters, are you in darkness? Do you hate your brother without any cause? Erroneously, without any wrong that they must have done to you. Mistakenly, do you hate your brother? The Bible says, if you do that, you are in darkness. But the Bible says, the truth will set you free. And who is the truth? I am the way and the truth 
when Jesus comes inside you, he says, the, it says, who translates you from the power of darkness, that darkness where you have a hatred towards your brother without any cause. He, he translates you from this power of darkness into light. If you have, if you invite Jesus into your heart, he delivers you from the fear of death to joy of living. He delivers you from darkness into marvelous light. And last, I'm going to conclude by saying he delivers you from sin to righteousness. Romans chapter 7 and verse 24. Paul says, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Paul is crying and saying, who is going to deliver me from this body of death? This body of death, if you read the previous verses, he says, it is because of sin. It is because of, of uh, the wretchedness, is because of the sinfulness that is dwelling in me. And he says in the very next ch uh, chapter, verse 2, Romans chapter 8 and verse 2, he says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. You know, the spirit, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus delivers. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus delivers you from this sin. I just want to uh, say a few verses and I'm going to conclude my message. See the attitude of Paul. Philippians chapter uh, 3. If you read verses uh, 4 onwards, but I'm just going to say, uh, quote only a few verses. Verse 6. I'll just say verse 6. Paul is telling about himself, what he was. If you go down to verse 6, please go down to verse 6. Paul is telling about what, what exactly his situation was before he was converted. And he says, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Paul was considering himself before his conversion that in, in terms of righteousness, he was blameless. Please note that Paul, before his conversion, is telling concerning righteousness, I was blameless. And if you read Galatians uh, chapter 1 and verse 13, Galatians chapter 1 and verse 13, he says, For you have heard of my conversation in times past in Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. And he goes on to say, And profited in the Jews' religion above many mine equals in mine own nation, being more exceeding zealous of the traditions of the fathers. In, 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 in Philippians, he says, in his uh, life, in his past life, before his conversion, he considered himself to be blameless in terms of righteousness, in, in terms of the law. And here he says, he was exceedingly zealous of the traditions of his father. This is what he was thinking about himself before he was converted. In other words, he had an erroneous thinking of his life. Sometimes, even in our spiritual life, we think, oh, I pay the tithe, I keep the Sabbath, I, I attend the Sabbath services, I don't work on Sabbath, I don't drink coffee and tea, I'm a vegetarian, I, I, I do all the things uh, that are in the law. I am blameless, just like Paul, you might be feeling, I am blameless, I am righteous, I have zealous for God, I work and serve God, I, 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 I do charity, uh, 
I work for the homeless. I, I do things that, uh, that ordinary Christians don't do. I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. I am, I'm a commandment-keeping. I'm, I'm a commandment-keeping person. I have the testimony of Jesus Christ. I have the three angels' message. Sometimes like Paul, we might be thinking, and Paul says, I had error. I had an erroneous thinking. My life was error. Even though I thought I was blameless in concerning righteousness, even though I had zealous, I was zealous in doing God's work. But still, I was living in error. If you read 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 13, 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 13, Paul is uh, telling what exactly was his condition. What was he? Even though he initially he thought he is blameless in righteousness, he was zealous. But what, what is he saying? For before I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, an injurious In other words, then what happened to those blameless things that he mentioned earlier? In other words, he had an erroneous thinking of his life. Sometimes we too can have an erroneous thinking of our, our lives, about ourselves, about our spiritual life, that I am blameless, I am righteous, I am zealous. But sometimes we are like Paul, blaspheming, injuring people, injuring others, and persecuting ourselves and others as well but god says i will be with you and i will deliver you all when he committed himself to christ when god says it is hard to kick against the pricks he said who is this then he said i am jesus whom you are persecuting and he invited jesus and he said i am crucified with christ nevertheless not i live but christ lives in me. When Christ lived, lives in him. When Christ is with him, you know, Christ delivered him from his, from his error, from his erroneous thinking, erroneous perception of his spiritual life, for, of his uh, life in general. And God led him into the truth. That is the reason he could so beautifully say in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 24, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. Paul who said, who will deliver me from this body of death? And he says, when Christ dwells in me and I in him, he will change our vile body to his glorious body. He will change you from the error that you are living into the truth that you would like to be in. And that's the reason he could say in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 57, but thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Because he knows he is the one, the one who is living in him, who delivered him from his, the error that he had before and who led him into the truth that he preached, that he wrote, that he proclaimed. Psalm chapter 91, I began. I'm going to end with the same uh, chapter. Psalm chapter 91. Let's go back there. Psalm chapter 91 and verse 15 is what I read in, in the beginning. But I'm going to go back uh, to verse 14 there. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because 
he hath known my name. You know, when you call, he will answer and he will deliver you. He will deliver you from the fear of death to joy of living. He will deliver you from darkness, which is hating your brother, to light, which is loving your brother. He will deliver you from the error, from the erroneous thinking, from your erroneous way of life, to the truth, to the life of truth that he would want you to live because you have set his love upon him. Because you have invited Jesus to be with you, when he is with you, he can deliver you. Isaiah chapter 46 and verse 4, our concluding text tonight. Isaiah chapter 46 and verse 4. It reads, And even to your Isaiah chapter 46 and verse 4, And even to your old age, I am he. And even to the hoary Four hairs will I carry you. I have made and I will bear. Even I will carry and will deliver you. God says, I, will, I have made you. I will bear. I will carry and I will deliver you. I will deliver you from the fear of death to the joy of living. I will deliver you from the power of darkness to the marvelous light. I will deliver you from the error to the truth, and that truth will set you free. May we invite Jesus to come and be with us. When he is with you, he will deliver you. May God bless us as we receive these blessings, as we invite him into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Dr. Paul, can you lead us in prayer, please? Let us pray. Mighty God, our Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we want to thank you, Lord, for this beautiful promise that we have read, that we have studied from your Holy Scriptures, that you are willing to deliver us when you are with us. We want to invite you tonight. Perhaps in the past, Lord, we have gone astray like a lost sheep. But I pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you will seek us, ours, your servants, that you will come and you dwell in us, that you will be with us. And when you are with us, we don't need to fear, fear of death. We don't need to worry about darkness, which is hating our brother. We don't need to worry about, Lord, the errors which we do not think that we have in our lives. But I pray that you will be with us and deliver us from the fear of death so that you can give us the joy of living the new life in Christ. That you will give us, Lord, uh, the love in our lives so that we will throw away the darkness where we, can, where we hate one another without any cause. So that we will be able to, Lord, uh, imbibe the truth so that the erroneous thinking in our lives, the erroneous judgments that we have in our lives and about ourselves will be cast away so that we will have the truth. We will be able to love the truth. And that truth is Jesus. And we know that the truth will set us free. Thank you for answering us. Thank you for those of us who are here. Thank you for the beautiful testimony. Thank you for the songs that has been sung. Thank you, Lord, for the prayers that have been offered. If there is anybody who is here tonight or who will be listening to this message, 
sometime later in the YouTube. And whenever they listen, whenever they listen to this prayer, I pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you will deliver them, Lord, from their bondage because Jesus is the deliverer. You have come to deliver us from sins. You have come to deliver us from the bondage of sin, from all the other associated things that sin uh, brings to our lives. Thank you, Lord, for answering our prayers. Dismiss us now with your blessings, we pray. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, one and all, for contributing to the service to make it a blessing to one and, one and all. And above all, praise be to God. And may honor and glory be unto his holy name. I want to thank Dr. Paul for the timely, encouraging message, for admonishing us to live fearlessly with Jesus as a captain of our, of our ship. And uh, may you live from day to day, from strength to strength, to bring honor and glory to his name. Thank you, Joy. It was a pleasure to have you. We hope to see you even more. Uh, you are more than welcome to join us and be a part of our worship. Thank you for your living testimony. I just want to thank Ethan also for his beautiful song, a young and energetic and a talented boy who has contributed to the service. Um, also, can't forget the ones, the viewers. Without them, we could not do it. All the online viewers, the YouTube viewers, and the Zoom, Zoom line viewers. Also, we want to thank Dheeraj and his team for making this a success so that we were able to use the visual aid and media to be able to come together to worship and to praise the one and only God. See you all tomorrow at 9.30 to join the PPT. And please be reminded of the board meeting tomorrow at 7 p.m. Good night. May God bless you and keep you till we meet again. Bye. Thank you.